Now today, we're going to be talking about seven things that point to where we are that indicate what's coming. So the title of our lesson is, What in the World is Going On? And the expression, of course, is familiar, and it's come to mean... It's come to mean, like you might even just say, what in the world? And it's, it's like, uh, wow, or boy, I don't know what's happening, that sort of a thing. So we're using, using it as a springboard to look at seven things that are happening right now and that help us to understand what's coming or what is going on in our world. Do you believe the Lord is coming soon? The Lord is coming soon. It's important that we be about the Father's business. So what in the world is going on? Seven things. Number one, <clears throat> the first thing, if you have your Bibles and would like to, we're going to look at Luke. We're going to look at two things. I'm excited about a couple of the, well, every one of these seven things are exciting to me, but, but they're not just exciting, but they're important, and it's, it's important that we that we consider what, what in the world's going on, what is happening in our, in our world. And this first one, the first thing that's happening is that there is a, a storm approaching. In other words, things are going to get rough, and so that's what's on the horizon. Now, in Luke 12 says, and you see the ellipsis there, so I'm not reading every single thing. I'm not trying to study Luke 12. I'm just looking at a a portion there. And in some ways, he says this, Jesus makes this statement in the middle of a context that, that's far greater than, than what I'm looking at. I'm looking at seven things that are going on in the world that we need to recognize. Now, if they were obvious, I'm not talking about prophetic signs. I mean, that, that would there's thousands of them. I'm talking about the, what is happening in our world right now and how they point to what's coming. And the first one is that there is a gathering storm. We can see what is coming. And so I, I'm going to use Luke 12, 51. Ye can, and I'm jumping right into it here. Ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, which is very, very interesting. I'm going to double check myself here. All right, so you can discern the face of the sky and, and of the earth, which is interesting that he's using this analogy, the analogy of the storm of the sky. You can tell from the sky, or you can tell from, I said I wouldn't go into the context, but Jesus is talking about being able to look, for example, at the certain types of winds. That's what he mentions here in Luke, which is, I don't remember him mentioning this any other place in the Bible, where you can tell by the winds that are blowing what time of year it is. How many knows that if it's really cold and there's snow on the ground, that it, that's probably a certain time of year? Anybody know that's true? Okay, okay, I'm not going to get you to even, uh, let's see. If there's 10 feet, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so there's 10 feet of snow, it's probably winter, right? 
So the point is, you can look at the earth and you can see what's happening in the, like in this case, he didn't mention snow, obviously. He mentions the winds, and then you know by those winds because there's a certain wind that comes through at a particular time of year, and people will say, oh my goodness, there's the, there are the signs of the particular season that's coming. But he specifically, though, mentions to discern the face of the sky, to look up and see the approaching storm or see that it's nightfall or various things. And you can discern or, of course, the word discern means you can figure out by looking at it. Other places he talks about looking at a at a, a tree and being able to tell from the tree what, you know, whether, it, I mean, if it's, for example, let's just think about it. Here's a tree, no leaves, barren, dark. So is it springtime? Not unless the tree's dead. If the tree's living and it doesn't have anything on it, then it's probably a certain time of year. And so he says, we, can, we look out and we can see the sky and we can know that there is a gathering storm. And so, of course, that's all symbolic. So what I'm, what I'm uh, referencing today in point number one is that the signs that are about us are the signs of a gathering storm. And, and anyone who is ignoring it and who is pretending it isn't happening, then they're going, to be, they're going to be fooled because the truth is that we need to discern the sky. We need to discern what is happening in the gathering storm. Now, for example, let's think of a few things, and I'm going to move quickly. I'm not going to go deep into this. But some of the storm, for example, has to do with a world where Christianity is now pitted now, I remember in just the last 20 years hearing the experts or the whatever they call them, the people that know everything, saying that religious animosity was over and that Christianity needed to quit being so puffed up and claiming it was right. In other words, nobody, see, that's the postmodern idea. Nobody can claim that their God is the only God. You can't claim that. See, you can't claim anything according to them, except what they want to claim. If they want to claim that the homosexual life is okay, then they make that claim. In other words, they only want to refuse you to make the claims that you make. For example, they say, we don't want any laws that tell us what to do. And then they make laws that tell you what to do. That you cannot preach certain things. For example, in Canada, you cannot preach what I, you cannot do what I just did. You cannot say in Canada from a pulpit what I just said. Because they have a, a national law that governs it. That no man and the woman in the pulpit can make a statement about homosexuality. That's not true here. We still have the freedom. But of course, what they hope to do is to, what they hope to do is to, uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, what they hope to do is to make it so difficult that anybody who stands for holiness, of course, or, or for morality will be laughed to scorn. And that's pretty much what's been happening all along. It's just that we've reached now a new level. For example, when they said anybody wants to be immoral or not ever marry and just have just a life of immorality, nobody can say a word about it. Hollywood's been promoting that for many, many years now. So that's exactly what they're doing. And uh, is Brother French in the Spanish service? Is that where he's at? All right. 
So this part of the storm has to do with with the the moral advance or decline, not advance, the moral decline that's going on. And and the other, of course, has to do with the idea that all religion has to be leveled. In other words, religion cannot make bold claims. Religion can't say, for example, that Jesus is God and that he is he is the only God. You can't say that. You know, you, if you do, then we're going to laugh at you. We're going to push you down. That's that's what is happening in our world. So in, in but there's a greater consequence to all this, and that is the consequence that we now have. All these experts said, well, everybody's really nice, and everybody loves each other. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. See, and so everybody loves everybody. And so, so, and then all of a sudden you have 1 billion people in the Muslim faith who are now in turmoil with Christianity to the point that they blew up one of the largest buildings in the United States. Those were Muslims. Now, we're not indicting every Muslim anymore that if a Christian did it, for example, there was a Christian that went into an abortion clinic and and blew the abortion clinic up. Well, that man was insane. He should not have done it. Now, I'm against abortion, but I'm also against blowing up abortion clinics. And so that's not the answer to destroy and, and destroy property. You have no right to do it. But, but he was crazy. The man was crazy, by the way. And so now we have, in fact, a world in which Christianity is in turmoil. For example, we have... People running for president. How many know that there's going to be an election? Uh, when's the election? Is it coming up? I, my brain, I don't even remember. Anyway, it's coming up someday. Is it, is it this year or is it next year? All right, so next year we have an election. And so there, <laughs> you can see how, how tuned into the times I am. And so they're all having to answer questions about how they would handle Islam. Or what about... Americans that have been killed by uh, Islamic terrorists and whether or not you can profile people. In other words, just because someone is of a certain, uh, looks a certain way, can you then say, uh-oh, there might be danger here. Now, if someone has a gun in their hand, that's, then you could say, okay, there's someone with a gun in their hand. But that's the kind of world that we're in and we are seeing the rise of Islam and, of course, What's critical there is that Islam is threatening to destroy Israel. And what is the greatest, what is the biggest thing in the news right now? And I'd say I'm not going to pause like this. What is it? What, what nation is in the news right now all, every day, every day about its wanting to have a nuclear bomb? It's an Islamic nation called Iran. And they are sworn to destroy Israel. And Israel says that they will, in other words, all of these events that are swirling about us are part of the storm. So there's not only a moral decline, there is a a religious turmoil that is creating the storm that is swirling around Israel. And then I'll mention one more, and that is the... the, the, uh, well, some people call it the new morality but or the new tolerance. It's the new tolerance is the old intolerance. 
See, the new, the new tolerances, you have to, what they mean is, you're a Christian, you oppose sin, but you have to tolerate it. You have to like it. In fact, you can't even be against it anymore. That's what's happened. They've inverted things just exactly like Isaiah said they would. They're going to call darkness light and light darkness. They're going to just flip it around, and that, that's going to be, that's what happens in the storm. Everything just starts whirling around, and that's where we are in, that's what's happening in the world. So I call this last point the anti-God uh, sentiment, although you might not like that word, the anti-God attitude that is now impacting our, our world and our culture. All right, so that's number one. All right, let's go to number two, and this is Romans chapter eight. So get your Bibles. We're going to look at uh, Romans eight, where it talks about what is, what is going on in the world, and, and this scripture is being fulfilled. Now notice, for example, Romans 8 and 18. See, I'm going to look at one, two, I'm going to look at four scriptures, and then I'm going to go back. So I've opened Romans 8. I've got a little, I went back to put this sticky note and then forgot and left my Bible in there. All right, so Romans 8, of course, it, beginning at verse 18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory. Everyone say the glory, to the glory which shall be revealed in us. So what is critical here is that what is happening right now is the fulfillment of this prophecy, that there will come a time when the, when the groaning and the travailing, in fact, both are used, everyone say travail, all right, the travailing. Now, let's, let's begin. Let's come back to that in a moment. So verse 18, and I notice I'm just going to read it from here because I don't want to, um, I don't want to read just every single word. I've got, I, I want to cover seven things here in a short time. So the sufferings, verse 18, are not worthy. In other words, everything that goes on, everything that's gone on, sickness. How many will be glad when there's a day that comes there's no more sickness? Anybody going to be glad when a day comes and there's no more death? How about no more racism? Wouldn't that be wonderful if there was no more hatred in our world? What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. See, that is this scripture. Now, you say, well, that's always been true. Yes, it's always been true. That the church and, the, and so on has been groaning, as it were, has been, uh, let's say, crying out, has been longing, whatever way you want to look at it. Here it says, the sufferings are not worthy to be compared. Everything that we go through, all that we're facing. Now, we're in a sinful world, and, and many people are tempted to give up because the world of... How many people have you ever met that said, I just don't know, I just I don't understand. I, I cannot tell you how many people have asked me, just read, why, 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 why? Why? Why did they die? Why did it happen? Why did the wreck take place? Why did it even, why did he leave me? Why did he run off with that girl? All the stuff that they're going through and, and they're tempted to do exactly what Jesus said would happen. When somebody commits adultery in a relationship, that then tempts the person that's been defrauded to want to give up. There's nothing more devastating than to be treated like you're nothing and somebody to walk away from you. And it's nauseating. And I do not apologize for saying it. The most dreadful thing you can do is cheat on your spouse. You should be faithful. And you're not a true man if your way of dealing with your promises 
is to lie and cheat when you made a promise. Till death do us part. Of course, that's being taken out a lot of vows these days. I've heard several of the new, uh, the new folks. Oh, we don't put that in there. In fact, you wouldn't believe some of the wedding uh, supposed vows that are out there. But anyway, the sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. So in other words, there's coming a day. There's a revelation. There's a, uh, there's, well, let's use, I'm trying to say with the biblical terms here. There's, there's a time coming when all, someone says, you, that bunch of, you bunch of holy rollers, you bunch of, you know, you're just a bunch of, fan, you're, a, what do they call us? Not fanatics. What's another word they say? Don't, don't, we might want to mention every word, but you know what I mean. There's words like you're, uh, you're a bunch of, uh, (laughs) I can't even think of it. Holy rollers or extremists. Okay. They might say that. Yeah. You're extremists. You, you can't even, you know, go do this and so on. But the day is coming when all the sin and suffering, all of the politics, all of the hatred is going to be gone. It's going to be wiped away. Now, it's going to, there's several things going to happen, of course. But in that process, he's just going to, Isaiah, I love Isaiah's uh, prophecy about it. He says that the Lord's going to just reach up like you would a, a shade and pull down the shade. It's not, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but pull down the shade and says it's closing time. It's all over. Just pull down. See, that's, it's just going to be okay. And they're going to be going, no, no, there's no God. And God's going to say, shut up. It's over. And it's all over. And then it's going to be what God meant for it to be. How many trust the Lord this morning? Everything's going to be all right. Now, I know that sometimes seems like someone, sometimes people say that to put you off. Everything's going to be all right. But I'm not saying it to put you off because you're suffering. I'm saying it because you are suffering. Someday, everything is going to be all right. For example, even if you go into the grave, which, which you know, folks, it, it's appointed unto man, you know, once to die and after that the judgment. You, we are all facing our eternity. But... Even if we go into the grave, we have a God that's going to call to us from the grave. There's going to be a trumpet. It's going to sound. Hallelujah. And those old bones are going to come together. And we're in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. So all of these things are going to be revealed. And so we are currently living in the light of the glory or I'm going to use a new word, but let, let me read a couple more scriptures. And so it waiteth. You see that right here? I don't have. Well, l- let's do this. I, can, I think I can. Oh, come on. Yeah. See right here. It waiteth for the manifestation. It wouldn't say waiteth. Everything is waiting for the redemption. Verse 23 of the body, which I just described. And then verse 28. And, and, and I'm only reading it to kind of fill it in here. For we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. In other words, God has a purpose even though we're in a sinful, wicked world. Now, folks, there have been many Christians. I don't want you to get, I don't want you to lose me here. But, folks, we really have it pretty good here. Now, I don't know how long we'll have it good. But there have been many a Christian. And, and I, if you want me to begin, we could begin the, the description of the Liberians and, 
and the Russians and the communist countries and previous generations where Christians were killed. In fact, the Romans took Christians that believed what you believe and they put them into an arena like, like a football stadium. You can see what I'm saying? And they released vicious animals, lions and, and uh, gladiators. They would have to go out and fight the, the, the uh, city's strongest gladiators and and they would all die in in the in the arena and and i'm gonna say it i know you don't want me to they did it with their children at their feet that's how they died so i'm what i'm trying to tell you is we we have it pretty good in many ways and so i'm not i'm not suggesting that we're suffering today more than any other time because that day will take place in the tribulation. We are still in America at least. Now, there are, there are Christians dying right now. There are Christians. There are United Pentecostal Church members that we do not know where they are because they have been taken by radical Muslims and they have been taken across country lines and they are being used as hostages and they are hoping that they'll get enough press that somebody will say, oh, there, and then they'll bring them out and they're going to... Slice their heads off. That's what they plan to do. That's the kind of day we're in. So while I may not be, I feel blessed. Anybody here feel blessed today? We're blessed. But we are in a, we're, we're, the storm is about us. And we are living for the, for the day when he's going to bring all of his will about in our lives. Now let's go back now and let's look at verse 18. So we're still in Romans 8. For the earnest expectation. So I put the King James right here. And then over here, I put the ESV, all right? So this is the ESV, okay? I I just can't make that work. For the earnest expectation of the creature, and, and of course, the word creature is from, in other words, when you say creature, you think of an animal, and that's not at all what this means, all right? The earnest expectation of the creature, which is another, another way to say that it, it, what the King James is trying to say is the, the earnest expectation of all the things that are created. So the, the simplest way is the way the ESV did it is to say creation. Everything that is, all of creation waits, and I'm going to now jump over to the ESV, waits with eager longing. That's where we are. That's what's happening in our world. The church is sensing that there is about to be a restoration or a redemption and that he's getting ready to come back and take his church. Now, if you're not getting ready for the coming of the Lord, you might want to check and make sure you're going in the rapture. If you're not sensing something, now I'm not suggesting that you ought to be every day. Okay, I don't want to say that the wrong way, but... But there's something that's happening in our world as we see all these things about us that it's like, now I know, I know what the devil, I know what the devil does. He tries to say, well, they've always said that'll probably pass and then, you know, we'll, we'll get this and that. And, and, and so the devil tries to make us think or try to, the devil is just uh, such a loser. All right. So there's coming a time, now look, look, look at verse 22 and 23, for we know that the whole creation, now is that the King James? Is anybody looking at it? Did I get it right? All right, that's what I typed in for the King James, although I'd, I'd have to, let me go, I, I can find it. We know that the whole creation, okay. The whole creation, notice there it does say creation, same word, 
as I was saying a moment ago. For we know that the whole, all of everything that is, that's amazing. The entire universe, everything is, as it were, is, notice the two words. Boy, I, I was hoping I could get this all in. Groaneth and travaileth. That's two things. Now, first of all, the word travail means birth. It's the Greek word for birth pains. Okay, travail. How many knows that when a child is to be born, there's travail, what we used to uh, call travail. That's kind of an old way to say it. But uh, we now say labor, but they go into labor, and that's the birth pains. But notice it's not, the point I'm trying to make here is that we are getting ready. We are moving. Although we've had all this suffering, what we're looking for is the hope of a future. Elvis may be, but all this is going to be gone, and God is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Can you say praise the Lord? Everything's going to be as God meant for it to be. And, and sometimes people will say, but well, I know that my loved ones are whatever. No, no, no. I don't believe for one minute that you could recall agony and suffering and then bring that into the new world what god is going to do is he's going to wash all these things he's going to cleanse us from all the suffering and pain now we might have a we might have i I don't know how it's going to happen but i do know that it's going to be joy unspeakable and full of glory praise god and we got a little bit of it right here praise god anybody thankful for what god has done in your life so then he goes on to say, not only does creation groan, but even, even we groan within ourselves. So in other words, the church, creation, and the church are groaning and travailing. And that is bringing things out of the, restoring things back to the way God meant for them to be. Now, let's move forward. I gotta, I've got, I'm only on the third one. And this one is what I would call the, the thing that's going on. Our signs are appearing or what we might call warnings. So these are warnings. For as a snare, Luke says, notice all these have been in Luke. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we are... We are now in the warning stage. We are seeing warnings. Now, let's move now to the fourth one, and that is the encroachment of darkness. Along with the storm, which I would say is just violence and and all, we could use other terms. I'm trying to talk about what we are seeing right now in our world, all right, is the encroaching spiritual Darkness, which is another, another word for that is, is the spiritual deception that goes on. So that people's lives are, are controlled by deception. Believing, for example, that out and out sin is fine and that God doesn't care one bit about it. Well, that's a complete, I mean, you couldn't be more deceived than that. And so it is. Let, let me check the time. We don't have a lot of time. We've, these have gotten so mute in the last few minutes that I, you might just need to turn them off if I could go out there and hear myself better, I think. All right. So look at Luke 18 and 8. When the Son of Man cometh, shall... Let's read this together, shall we? When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now... 
So I'm obviously linking this scripture in Luke. And I, I realized when I got done that all these scriptures were in Luke. I don't know why. I, although I don't believe any of the other gospels say this. But why all these particular ones have ended up in Luke. But, but what is happening around us. And this, of course, is number four. So we're, we may actually make it. We've only got three more. And that is that there is a... There is a darkness that is impacting our generation. Now, so to me, it would be foolish, for example, to tell your young people, okay, here's a rock group or a singer who hates God. It lives like the devil, is the devil incarnate. And they sing words that are completely vulgar. And then you tell your young people, no problem, go ahead and listen to that. Because we're in an encroaching darkness all around us. And, and there's nobody that's more impacted by fame and, you know, if a sports person, famous basketball player, if they are doing it, then young people are going to try to follow that. And so that's why it's important for Hollywood to right now be going through, even though 90 Eight, 99% of Americans are opposed to the kind of, of vulgarity that's going on. There's this attitude that says nobody can tell us what to do. And they've got the, like what I call the power of the, of the gun. That's the television or the music. And, they, and they're the rich and the famous. And so they say to everybody else, to the young people, you do it a certain way. And so it's important that we not allow sin into our lives. That we live in such a way that we shun the wrong and we do the right. Anybody believe that's true? Yes, because darkness is all about us. Let's use an analogy. Would you send a young baby out into the dark to wander around and hope they find their way no you wouldn't do that because (laughs) and they're saying amen the young babies are saying amen as i speak because because it wouldn't be possible what we need to do is to recognize that that this is happening all about us now what we have of course are people that say for example i have people say well that's just comedy that's just comedy. Yes, but, but that's a comedy that says that that lifestyle and those kind of vulgarities and that kind of cursing. You want to know why young people are cursing at the age of nine? I mean, to the point that the kid had to be controlled in schools? It's because they're hearing it from Hollywood. They're being told that this is, and then it's being reproduced in people's lives. What we need to do as a church is say, not in my house, praise God. I'm not letting that in here. Because that's the the power of darkness coming against, and of course it's all around us. Okay, let's go to number five for the mystery. Now I'm going to conclude with uh, three points from 2 Thessalonians. And I I have just a few minutes, I think I have enough time to at least get to one or two of them. All right, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Everyone say already. In other words, at the time of Paul, the, the mystery of iniquity, that is the, the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm just going to just come right out with it. The spirit of the Antichrist was already working, has, has worked in sin. It, the, what the Antichrist is going to do, and this is what's going on right now in our world, 
all this darkness and this business about you, your own boss. No, no, God can tell. Who are those old fogies? That's the spirit of sin. The Antichrist is just going to embody it. Someone said, well, the Antichrist is going to be Satan incarnate. And I said, no, he isn't. No devil or angel can incarnate himself. He may be able to appear as an angel or as something, uh, whatever, but he cannot incarnate himself. In other words, he can't become a man. But the Antichrist, wherever he is, and may I suggest that he is alive and well and living right now, ready to be revealed. For the mystery of iniquity already works. Only he who now letteth will let. That is the word let. Well, I don't have time to go into that. The, the one that's holding him back, the, the Antichrist, the sin, the, the demonic Antichrist, is. but there's one that's holding him back, and that's the church, or we could say the spirit, or the spirit in the church, whatever way you want to look at it. Only he who now is... It says let it, but let's say is holding it back. In other words, there's a reason that all these events. Okay, now I want you to, I'm almost done. I've only got two more. And hold on. Okay, I've, I've barely got time. There, there is about to be, there's a sense that the church is going to be caught away. And that then Satan will have free reign. And that's about, that's what is about to happen. There's about to be, let's call it the revealing of the Antichrist. And look at verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed. So there it is, right in, the, right in verse 7. Now verse 1 says, now I'm reading this from the NLT. Dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord. All right. So that's, I like that and I wanted to use that. Now let's look at verse 10. It's at the bottom. And, and this is... This is the King James. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, talk about the, the Antichrist, because they receive not a love of the truth that they might be saved. So the Antichrist is going to be revealed and his world leadership set up. So... What is happening in our world right now is, this is what's going on in the world, government is becoming unified worldwide so that there will be one world government. One world government. So someone said, well, that's good. I think that'll be great. We'll have a one world government. Well, that's, it is about to happen. And so we are being set up for it. And of course, the final leader. Now, this is number seven. And that is that what is happening is we are, we are entering the final days of an evil, of an evil. I'm going to read three scriptures. I hope I can. I've only got about a minute. We're entering the final days. Someone said, what's going on? We are entering right now the final days. Now, if it's 100 years from now, then take this tape or a CD, or whatever it is, and hold on to it. Because then I would have had my timing off by 20, 30 years, whatever. But we are right now entering into the 
period of time when God is going to have there'll be the final leader of evil and then Jesus is going to be king forever how many knows he's going to be king of kings and lord of alls did what was the name of the song we sang before service when we shall see the king that's what I thought I was trying to remember we shall see the king okay so now I'm reading from the NLT he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. So the, I'm, this is a translation. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would, would save them. Now, let's go on. I'm going to read two more and then we're, uh, then we're done. Ver, and these, this first one's from the ESV. They're, they're both from the ESV. Therefore, God sends them. So we are in the, we are in this final phase. Now, notice that God sends them a strong delusion. Now, some people think that means incorrectly that God makes them do evil and God never made anybody do evil. That's not what he's talking about. He said he, he sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. In other words, they already have a heart of disbelief, but he sends them a delusion. It's a delusion of their own making. He sends it to them and then they are able to just completely embrace because I'm going to tell you what the delusion is, is the whole idea that they don't have to answer to God. That could be strong enough delusion right there. And God sends to them this sense of their own pride and therefore that they may believe what is false in order that, now I'm at the bottom, that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words, that will be the end of all suffering, all pain. Everything's going to be wrapped up. See, God's going to take care of Israel. God's going to take care of the church. And God's going to take care of you. Praise God. He's going to take care of grandma. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> let's stand. I'm, I'm out of time. I'm, I've really gone a little bit over. But let's, um, let's stand together. Thank you for letting me talk about where we are. What's, what in the world's going on? And uh, we are certainly seeing things wrapping up for Jesus is getting us ready for a great day. Praise God. Hallelujah.